Do the intro, come on. What's up, boys? It's time. The annual first edition of the Tundra Cast mock draft. Um, four years in the uh, we've done this for four straight years. Um, and this year we're gonna do something different. Uh, usually we do our top ten, top fifteen each. Instead, uh, Ryan, do you want to tell them what you did? Yeah. So this year, um, really exciting uh, prospect class, and we had a lot of guys we wanted to talk about. Um, but we felt that in previous years, too much repetition. Um, where if we had the same player at different spots. We just found ourselves going, yeah, that's what he said. And so what we've done this year is we've each had our list 1 to 16, and we've put a point system. So if you've had a guy first overall, he would get 16 points, and if he was second, you would get 15 all the way down until the 16th ranked player, and he would get one point. And what I've done is I've summed up all the points for every player and ranked them from first to last. And so I think we ended up having around 21 or 22 players uh, in this video. If they're tied, they're going to be on the same slide at the same pick. Um, but this is just our way of having a more focused conversation about each prospect um, when we get there. All right. So first up, I guess, no, no shocker here. Um, unless Montreal gets the first overall pick, then they're going to take someone retarded. Celebrini will go first overall, and I mean, he he's like he's going to be like a Jack Hughes. He's probably going to be like a McDavid. You know what you're going to get out of him. He's a he, in his prime, a hundred point guy, heart candidate, forty goals, um, magic hands. What else is there to say about Max Celebrini? Yeah, he's explosive. In terms of like what he's done in the USHL, winning Rookie of the Year, winning Player of the Year, I think he did last year, and being the youngest guy in the NCAA this year, he's generational. There hasn't been a player like him that's come along. Um, and he's explosive. I think he, Jack Hughes is a perfect uh, comparable for him. That's who I compared him to first time I watched him. He's, he's Jack Hughes. He's explosive, drives the net, really good shot, really good playmaking ability, and uh, just a really smart player. Um, both on and off the ice, so yeah, no surprise. He's going to go first overall I think, yeah. at this point. So yeah, I mean it's a unanimous first overall pick, and what's crazy is he's putting up Adam Fantilli numbers, but he's significantly younger I think he's than Adam. Younger. Yeah, um, basically almost a, a whole year younger than Adam Fantilli, um, and he's putting up equal numbers. And obviously he has to sustain this over the entire season, but that's why this is only the first edition. But I think. Nick's right. My my player comp is Jack Hughes as well. Um, super dynamic, super explosive, great shot. Um, if uh, Cole Eiserman didn't exist, he would have the best shot in his class. I don't think anyone would disagree with me on that. Um, and yeah, uh, and the funny thing is the the hype around Celebrini leading up to his draft year is so much lower from our first overall pick perspective than any of the other the previous drafts. And I think he's right up there with the other guys that have gone number one, except obviously Bedard. Um, but he's been incredible. Yeah, not, not too much else to add here. Um, let's go on to number two. Uh, Nick and I 
agree on this one. Not so much Ryan. Well, we'll get to the <laughs> later. Trying to start some controversy and be different. As, one, of those, as always, one of those people. Hey, hey, I, I, I did, I did it a couple years ago with with Slavkovsky. I had him as my number one guy. That's not turning out to look so great. Why did you but... do that? What, what do you mean? Slavkovsky was my number one guy. You don't remember? Oh, I, oh no, Shane Wright was my number one guy, but I had Slavkovsky number two. But in our mock draft, I put Slavkovsky number one because I thought he'd get taken number one. You were on a mock draft video last. Like, really? I don't remember that. Yeah, I yeah. Just, that. I, I had Slavkovsky number one. <laughs> I had Slavkovsky number one, and I had Carlson number two last year. And so I'm just – and to be fair, those were way later in the draft process, so I'm okay, jumping yeah. the gun a bit this year. Um, but um, uh, let me just preface this with saying I think Iserman is great. He's got the best shot in the class, like I mentioned earlier. Pure goal scorer. Um, you're – I don't know if this is a good comparison because he's not as built as the player I'm about to mention, but he does remind me a lot of Austin Matthews just because of his shot. And I do think, like, Iserman's still really young. He's still 17 years old, so he still has time to grow a few inches. He still has time to build that big frame. And, you know, I I know he's listed as a left wing. I don't think I'd be shocked if he would be, if he turns out to be a center on, in the NHL level. But like like you said when we were talking about Sobrini, um, Iserman has the best shot in the draft by far. He he's probably gonna score fifty goals this year in the USHL, um, and I think if Celebrini didn't exist, he's by far the clear cut number one. Obviously not in your opinion, Ryan. But, <laughs> uh, no, I love I love Cole Iserman. I I I love watching him play. I'm excited to see him at the World Juniors this year. Um, he's committed um, to Boston University in 25-26. I don't think he's going to play a game for Boston University, let's be honest. And, yeah, hell of a player to watch. Yeah, he's probably going to blow Cole Caulfield's goal-scoring record out of the water. I think it's 72 goals or something like that. He's probably yeah. going to – yeah, he, he's going to beat that for sure. I think this is a guy that could be a 23 goal scorer right out of the gate. He's that good of a, of a shooter and a goal scorer. Um, but, yeah, like you mentioned, I'm excited to see him at World Junior time because uh, – He's going to be pretty pretty good, I think, in that tournament. So, um, played for Shattuck St. Mary's as well. It was dynamite there. I think he played with Celebrini actually on that team. So, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, yeah, I I, I think um, obviously I like him a lot. Um, I think him and the guy I have at number two are a lot closer than perhaps what um, the other two guys here think. I, I just think that Iserman, of course, is an elite goal scorer. And I agree that he's probably a guy who, in the immediate short, short-term short return, like draft year plus one, draft year plus two, he's going to be maybe the second most or maybe even the most, depending on landing spot, productive player in the draft class. But I, I think that... Um, there are flaws to his game outside of his goal-scoring ability. Um, we've seen guys go number two, number three that are hyped up because of their goal-scoring prowess like Line A. And again, great goal scorer. But I think from a play-driving perspective, I think there is development to, to be had. Um, I think he's not at the point where he can be trusted a lot defensively. But admittedly, a lot of these high-scoring forwards early in the draft aren't necessarily elite two-way guys at this stage in their career um and he's a good skater 
I don't think he's an elite skater by any means. And it all comes back to that point of I don't think he's a guy who would play drive on a line. I think he's going to be a very good finisher, one of the best finishers in the NHL, and certainly worth a top three pick. Um, but personally, um, I always tend to value the guys that have elite play driving. He's the guy who has the puck on his stick that creates opportunities for others. I think Iserman is a guy who you put on a wing and a power play, and he's always a constant threat to score, but he's not necessarily the guy who will dictate pace. Um, but again, great player. All right, third. Um, you just talked about Cole Iserman. How about you talk about Ivan Demonov and why you think he will beat out Cole Iserman for second overall? I, I think it, it, in terms of puck skills, I think Ivan Demidov is bar down, bar none the the most gifted player in this class. I think I think like Iserman, there are flaws to his game, and he's raw. Um, he's still raw in certain areas, and that's why he's not really in contention. I don't think anyone's in contention with Celebrini because Celebrini is just so polished as a player already at such a young age. But Demidov is a guy. I mean, he's. He's point per game, I think, in the MHL, but he tore it up last year, and he's he, had. He, I think he set the record for a U18 player. I think he even beat on Mitchkov. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it, he's just an extremely productive player, um, and he's a guy who, like I mentioned, I value play driving ability. He's a guy who's got ex- excellent puck control. Excellent lateral agility um, in terms of side-to-side skating. I don't think his straight-line speed is incredible, but his ability to move left or right is incredible. And I'm not saying Connor McDavid is his profile because no one can be McDavid, but what is McDavid's most elite skill? His ability to move from side-to-side on the ice. He's McDavid's not the fastest straight-line skater either. He's very fast, but not the fastest, right? Demidov has that kind of similar ability with the puck on his hands, Um He's, he can play center. Uh, he, he's got great vision, great hockey IQ to make high-end passes. And he is what I think he – and he has a deceptively nasty wrist shot too. He's got a really great release. And so I think he's a good goal scorer. I think in terms of play driving, he's much better than Iserman. Um, and he's still a guy who can score 20, 30 goals um, at his best in the NHL. And personally for me, that is – more valuable. Um, and like I said, Iserman is great. I think he's de- I think those three are definitely the top three for me at this point in time. Um, but love the player. Um, and I think he's going to, he's going to pick up steam. He's only, he's only, his, his numbers right now don't look great, but you have to keep in mind, he's bounced around in a couple of leagues this season. He started in the KHL. Um, and then he got bumped back down to the MHL. And so he's probably still acclimating and getting fit. Well, the problem is that he's been hurt for most of the year, too. He hasn't really played a whole lot of hockey. Yeah. So, like, he's the sickest, one of the sickest players at his age I've ever seen. But he just hasn't been playing really this year. And this is a very <laughs> crucial year for development. Last year, he was unbelievable. He's also a late 05 okay. So, we'll see yeah. how it goes for the he is an 05. once he gets healthy. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, he's a great player. I just have him a little bit lower just because he hasn't been really playing. And there's some players that I've seen that I have higher that I like more than him right now. So, and they're great players, to be fair. Oh, yeah, they're unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and Demidov's <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, if he turns it around, he can easily be in that top three for me. But um, right now I'll have him fifth. But uh, that could change. We'll see. Like you said, you know, it's the league now relies so much on skill and speed, and that is what Demidov's game is. I do think that, like like Ryan mentioned, there's some unraw 
talent within him, I do think, especially on the defensive side, he can work out some things. But, man, if he can break through here in Russia and um, I don't – what's his contract status? 2025. So he can come to the league much sooner than Mishkov can. Yeah. So, like, no, yeah, that would definitely help with his chances in going up and going higher in the draft. And, yeah, we'll see how he pans out. I'm I'm intrigued to see where he goes, especially since Ryan has him at two. So we'll see if you're right or not. Um, <laughs> number four, Sam Dickinson, and I'm giving this to Nick. Yeah, Nick, Nick, Nick can just talk this whole segment. <laughs> we won't say a thing. There hasn't been a defenseman that's been better than Sam Dickinson in my eyes, and I've watched him a lot. Um, everything he does is A+. plus. He skates unbelievably well for his size. He doesn't put a foot wrong. He doesn't get beat one-on-one very often. London isn't as good as they were going to be on paper this year. And he's got 20 points, 26 games, and he's a right-hand shot. He's, I think he's like six foot three, something about Oh, it says it right in front of me anyways. But um, for a guy with almost no holes in this game, and he's been like, he's played like this since he was drafted um, into the OHL. He plays like a pro already at 17, 18 years old. And as a right-hand shot, you just don't really see that very often. It, those types of defensemen are really hard to get in the NHL unless you acquire him at like 30 years old when he's like already in the decline of his career. I think that's going to make him very valuable. I think teams are going to love that. Um, and like I said, I just haven't seen a defenseman with that impact so far this season in the OHL. Maybe Parekh, maybe like a guy like Muse, if, if you look around the OHL, you look at a guy like Levshinov. They're both very similar players, and Levshinov plays NCAA hockey. But with Sam Dickinson, you just I just feel more comfortable having that guy and, and my team in the future. He's unreal, man. He's unreal. Um, like I said, haven't seen him put a foot wrong. He's been dynamite every game I've seen him play live. So um, that's why I have him third. I just think he's a premier defenseman in this draft. And I mean, that's saying something considering how deep this, this class is for defensemen. I, there's a lot of defensemen I really like this year. Um, yeah. And I, he's my number one defenseman too. Um, I think I think it's close between him and Lefrunov. But um, um you know, they've both been really productive and Dickinson is just I, I think I, I I and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, Nick, but I think he's a guy who could be in the NHL his draft year. Like right after his draft oh, year. Oh, hundred percent. He's yeah, NHL yeah, like ready. I said, like I said, he plays like a pro already at what, seventeen? He he was on that Knights team last year that made the final and he wasn't you know, one of those players that doesn't play a lot of minutes. He was an important part in that team, you know. Um, didn't put up. I think he's already matched his point totals from last year. But like in terms of like how important he was to that team, how integral he was to that back end, he wasn't any slouch, man. At at 16, he was one of the key players for that team. So and now he's stepping in this year, more maturity, a little bit of experience under his belt, and he's thriving right now with the Knights. So I'm really excited to see where he goes in his NHL career. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do for the rest of the year because I love him, man. He's awesome. He's an awesome player. Until the Flyers draft him, and then Nick is yeah, in a tough spot. Like, oh, <laughs> Whatever. Uh, would you say a good comparable for Dickinson would be someone like a Quinn Hughes? I've seen a lot of Petrangelo being thrown around, and I think that's a good comparable for him, mm. uh, especially in his like more prime days. Um, you know, like I said, bigger body, good two-way guy. Um, apart from that, I haven't really thought about it. I think Petrangelo is a, a pretty good comparable, to be honest with you. High-end offensive player. Yeah, I mean, hey, if the Flyers take him, at least he's with Oliver Bonk. Hey, that's true. Keep that OHL, that London Knights connection. And Barkey. 
And Denver Barkey, yeah. Bonk and Barkey have both been unreal too for this team. This is Barkey might been... Barkey might make the World Junior team for Canada. He could. He, he might. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. Him and Cowan have been incredible on They've the They've been unreal. Too. It's the rest of the team that's kind of been letting them down a little bit. The depth isn't as good. Uh, we have a couple guys that are out as well. Haltonen, um, Haltonen's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Haltonen's been unreal too. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll have to wait and see what happens with the Knights in the future. But it hasn't really been a very good run as of late. So hopefully it improves. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and number right. five. Artem Levnushkinov. I suck at pronouncing names, but I don't care. But, um, no, this guy is a big, mean, nasty, right-shot D who skates well, which I'm going to say a lot throughout the video is what teams are looking for nowadays. You want that big right-hand D that can produce offensively, and that's kind of what you need now to win a Stanley Cup. Um, like, with every young defenseman, there are some deficiencies in his game but he's having a great year with michigan state um 15 points in 16 games at, at a young age like him that's really fucking good um and like you know nick and ryan have mentioned this draft man is so deep for defensemen that um you know is there a chance that he can pass Sam Dickinson as the number one defenseman? I could probably see it. just because of the competition he plays against. I think I'm yeah. like the, the main culprit here. Yeah. But but no, like he's like I said, he's physical. He's offensively gifted. Very high hockey. He's smooth skater. He if he's not NHL ready, he'll be he, ready within he year, pretty close the next year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, for his for his weight, he's big NHL ready body. He's a great skater. Got four-way mobility. He's got good length, right? He's one of the best penalty killers uh, last year in the USHL. Um, he's got good hands, right? P really good hockey IQ. Um, you know, he's right shot, right hand shot. He's got he, a lot of upside offensively. I don't think he's even nearly as polished as he could be offensively. He's got a really good shot, really hard, really accurate. Get Can get them through traffic, can get it in from range. Um he does have kind of that Zadorov tendency where he likes to go for the big hit. Um, and so I think that's something that could be improved, his spatial awareness defensively. Um, but, you know, outside of that, I think just his his skill at his size, his physicality, his production in, the, in college, um, he's definitely my number two defenseman. And I think it's, you know, I love Dickinson, but I think those two are fairly close for me. I think with Levshinov, when you watch him play, I think like the main word to have for him in the offensive zone, and maybe defensive zone as well, is unpredictable, right? Like mm -hmm. when you watch him play on the power play for Michigan State, and you watch him play five and five, he does a lot of these head fakes and a lot of these like little movements that really throws defenders off, and he throws that first pass, and they're really good first passes. So, um, a guy that can quarterback the power play can be the leader of the PK, and you mentioned it, just an all-around beast of a defenseman there. So, and playing really well for Michigan State this year. So, um, yeah, he's going to be one to watch. I agree. Him and Dickinson, I'd say, are, I'd, I mean, I think Dickinson's the best defenseman right now, but they're, I think they're going to be neck and neck by the time it's all said and done. They're both pretty similar in terms of their offensive output and, and uh, they're just their overall two-way game. But This draft class has a lot of – yeah, this draft class has a lot of defensemen who I think from, like, um, a physical um, – perspective are NHL ready, right? A lot of big defensemen. There's a lot yeah. of like, smaller mobile defensemen as well. It's a yeah. crazy year for defensemen this year. All right. Next up, Konstantinilius 
once again, butcher that. Hellenius. Okay. Um, who wants to talk about him? Nick, you have him fourth. Sure. Hi. Um, well, he's producing in the men's league that isn't really seen too far off from guys like Barkov, who went second overall in his draft year. Guys like Line A, who went second overall in his draft year, are producing at around the same pace. Now, you take anything about Patrick Line A you want, but um, <laughs> Hellenius, like I said, he's scoring at a crazy pace right now. I'm pretty sure he's a true eligible as well. I'm pretty sure he's 18, mm-hmm. um, 17, 18. So, um, players like that don't always come around that often. Kind of the same idea as Dickinson. Um, when you have a player that is in a men's league that scores that high, you know, the, the first thing you're going to throw at him is NHL ready. This guy's NHL ready. He can already score yeah. at a high pace. Look at a guy like Leo Carlson last year, also went second overall, scoring at a four game pace in the SHL, arguably better than the Finnish Elite League, right? So um, he's a guy that jumps the pucks really quickly. He's got a really good shot, um, really creative in the offensive zone. And, you know, in a league with former NHLers and, and, and very experienced Finnish league players, um, it's nothing to scoff at. He is the real deal offensively. Yeah. I mean, his work rate, too, for a guy with his skill and his and his creativity, he's got an incredible work rate on the puck in the in, in the offensive end as, as a four checker. Um, he, he's, he's a workhorse. He, he works really hard in the corners. Um, so he's not just a finesse player which is something that I think a lot of Finnish players uh, and European players in general get unfair stick for. They hear it a lot of the times, especially with some of the older heads in hockey. Ah, uh, Don Cherry comes to mind. He's yeah. like, ah, the European soft. No, you know, is he's very young, um, true eligible, and he's, he, he's strong on the puck. Um, and I think especially for his size in the men's league, I think he, he's still young enough that he's going to get – some mass, maybe grow an inch or two. Um, I'd be hesitant to play him in the NHL right away um, because I, I still think that there's a jump from uh, Liga to, you know, the top league in the world, um, especially since I think um, we want him to build some mass and some more strength before we put him up against NHLers, um, which is why I have him slightly lower. Then Nick, but hey, six is six is really good in a in a draft class like this. Um, he could play AHL if they find him as well. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so really great player. Um, Nick covered up pretty much all the points. Um, my prediction, and it's gonna, if I'm right, uh, I'm just saying, I'm called it. I think it's gonna be like Christian Vesalainen. I just have mm. a weird feeling that, like, it happens every year where. An overseas player gets so hyped up, and as soon as they um, step a foot in North America, they just can't adjust. And I feel like that's going to happen here. I have nothing to back my argument. I'm going off off pure vibes here, but I don't know. I just have a weird feeling. We've seen it with Veselina. We've seen it with Pugliarvi. I don't know. I'm just saying, some Finns just can't handle the North American game. That's fair. I mean, Finland this year at the World Juniors, too, is not fielding a particularly strong team. Um, so um, I, I think he's going to make Team Finland. He's going to play a big role. And so yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do, especially with a team that is probably not as good as it has been in previous years. All right. Next up, uh, Berkeley Cotton. Um, one of my favorite guys to actually watch... 
You know, you you watch him play, and he's just a shifty playmaker. Um, very very smart in the offensive zone. I don't know if he's gonna be a goal scorer in the NHL level. I don't th- I don't really see him as a guy that's gonna put up thirty goals a year consistently. But I do think this is a guy who's gonna be a first line center. Get provide sixty assists a year, probably around twenty goals, twenty five goals, eighty points a year, and. That's why he's just a hard-working, speedy, skilled guy. And that's a pretty good pick. That's a pretty guy to get it at 7th uh, overall. Um, there's some things he can work on, like most young kids in this draft. But, you know, he's he's really skilled. He's a really skilled player. Oh, for sure. You know, Berkeley Catton is just uh, – Nick mentioned this uh, a couple of days ago. He's just always been quality. Um, just a really good productive player. Um, he's got great skating. Man, his skating is 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 really good. Really he's got great quickness. He has good hands, good vision. Um, and I think I agree with Shea. I think he's definitely more of a pass first kind of guy than a guy who's gonna actively always look for himself to score. Um, he's elusive he's really good in like those small spaces of creating space for himself and at his age you know he's got some good defensive awareness in a sense like he's he, he cues in on a lot of coverages um and his role kind of in that defense um but he is he plays a bit small to me i those kind of the critique i had for mitch marner in his draft year too i think you know, he's not that small, you know, he's 5'11", 163, like, that's not small, but sometimes when I see him on the ice, he, um, he looks smaller than 5'11", to me, I don't know if that makes sense, um, and I think that might be, it wasn't a concern for Marner, um, but I think that might be a reason why he went from probably a consensus top four pick before this draft process to still being very good, but just a bit lower. All right. No no opinions, Nick? I mean, I think he touched on everything there. Um, this is an offensively creative player, able to find space really easily. He doesn't need much space to really work. Um, and like I said, he's just been good in the WHL ever since he set foot in it. He was a first overall pick in the draft. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Clayton Keller in a sense, that he has that like same sort of first pass, um, that, that vision that four-way mobility that he has as well. Uh, defensively, he's no slouch either. So um, I think he's a safe pick. I think he's one of the safer guys to take in this draft. He'll be an NHL player. I got. I mean, I'll be surprised if he's not. For sure. All right. Number eight, Caden Lindstrom. Uh, I I absolutely love Caden Lindstrom watching him play. Um, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tank man. He's 6'5", 205. <laughs> Just a great skater for, you know, his size and his age. A lot like Quinta Byfield, actually. A lot like Quinta Byfield. Um, I think he's going to be a great power forward in the NHL one day. Um, I think it'll take a while for him to um, adjust to the NHL level, just like how long Quinta Byfield's taking. But also kind of like how Tage Thompson. It took a while for Tage Thompson to, you know, find his footing in the NHL and really build out his strength. But once he did... Look at him now, man. He's a tank. And that's my, that's my, those are my two comparables for a guy like Kato Lindstrom. Right now for Madison Hat, 38 points in 27 games, has 22 goals. Um, I got a shout out here, Delta Hockey Academy, the city I um, grew up in in my childhood. Love to see that. 
And uh no, I'm cheer I'm cheering for Caitlyn Sherman. I really hope he becomes the best player in this draft class. Uh, I mean, yeah. Um, he's um, I, I struggled with Lindstrom. I kind of juggled him kind of between I think seven and where I ended up settling with him. Um, very raw. Uh, Nick and I were discussing this. You know, he's a very very raw player still. Um, and he's got the physical measurables. Um, at six five, two hundred five, pretty great skating for his size. Um. But there's also a part of me that's a little bit hesitant that his offensive upside at, at the NHL level is not nearly as high as what it appears he's been producing this season for Madison Hat. Um, I think there is a, a possibility that he settles into more of a pure Luke Dubois kind of art kind of um, mold where very good player not super dynamic offensively and he's just a solid middle six forward um you know and kind of like how dubois is kind of playing third line minutes right now for la um to be fair that's also just la wanting to have three good lines um but i think lindstrom is a guy who definitely has the upside to be a guy like tage thompson like you mentioned but on the lower end could be a guy who's you know just a good middle six guy um, and so that's why I have him lower, but obviously if you're drafting him, you're drafting him for what he could be, right? And he's still a very raw, but he's a good, really good productive player this year. Yeah, he's a guy who can definitely jump up. I mean, 20 goals, 26 games, stats there. You see his size. Skating is really, really good for his size as well. Um, I think he definitely, I think Shay touched on it really well. It was like, you see guys like Byfield and Tage Thompson that develop a little bit slowly his size, but when they do peak, um, it's it's a it's more like a high risk high reward almost. I think the difference with Quinton Byfield is that kind of the same thing as Cat. He's always been very highly touted. He's always scored at a very high rate. I don't think Lindstrom's gonna score as high as either of them, and he's still very raw. Um, but all around, he's a really complete player. Um, he's got kind of a little bit of everything. Um, I think teams can value that. I think if there if there's going to be a player that jumps up higher and maybe goes off the board, it's going to be this guy. Yeah. For sure. I agree. All right, nine. Carter Yakimchuk. Who wants to talk about Carter? I have him the highest. I can, All right. I can lead the way. Go for um, it. I think, I mean, you see the stats. He's already got 12 goals in 25 games. Uh, power play specialist. But I think in all three zones, he's really mobile. That's the wrong guy. Anyway, my fault. My uh, fault. <laughs> damn it! You've already spoiled the tenth pick. <laughs> um, uh, in all three zones, he's a very calm defenseman, almost like an Oliver Bonk type. Um, his transition game's really good as well, um, and he doesn't really back down either. He's just a very calm, composed player. Um, all three zones, like I mentioned, he's just really complete in that sense. Um, and I feel like in terms of uh, the, the next group of defensemen after Levchenov and Dickinson, I think Yakim yeah, Shuck's right on the top in terms of um, the, the, we'll call it the B group of defensemen. Um, you know, you have those like mobile defensemen are coming in and then you have him as, as a complete two-way defenseman there. I think his development curve might be a little longer than some of these players, but I think his ceiling is very, very high. I think teams are going to value that quite a bit. And uh, I see we have Montreal there at number nine. I, hey, that's a perfect spot for him. I can yeah. definitely see them taking 
a, a guy like Yakim Chuck to kind of partner with Ryan Backer for the future. Two really strong mobile defensemen. Um, so, yeah, that's really my thoughts yeah. on him. I haven't seen him play a ton, but, uh, I mean, you look at the amount of points he's producing, the amount of goals he's producing. Um, the last guy I can think of is, like, Nick Hag in the OHL. He scored, like, 30 goals one year as a defenseman, mm. which is crazy. But apart from that, he's, he's really good. He's a good two-way guy. He's a very safe pick in my eyes. And I, I'm comfortable enough right now to have him in top 10. I think he's, I think he's good. Yeah, I mean, I think when I think of Karyakimchuk, I think he's got two NHL-ready skill sets, and that's his size and his shot. Right. Um, he's got a really good shot, really good size. I think um, he's, as Nick mentioned, very offensive minded, but he does show kind of more responsible decision making, which is something that I kind of um, lambasted a guy like uh, Pavel Mintyukov for. I think Yakim Chuck's decision making is much better. And Mintyukov is looking really good for Anaheim. So um, Yakim Chuck is definitely a guy who could see the NHL in two to three years, um, depending on his development. Um, but he's got some really great mobility too at his size, and that's something that we're noticing, especially early on with uh, with Dickinson, Levshunov, and now Yakimchuk, is these big guys who have great mobility at their size and NHL-ready bodies. Um, so very excited to see him the rest of the year. Okay, next up, the one he spoiled. My fault, boys. My fault, boys. Uh, I guess. Talk about Silly. Fuck me! Silly, yeah. I guess I'll cover him. I'll I'll cover him really quickly because I I have him the highest out of all of us. Um, uh, I think uh, I think the one thing that sticks out is obviously the guy six seven two oh seven. Uh, he's but like we've mentioned before, I think he's 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 not. He doesn't look particularly aesthetic when he's skating, um, but he gets to the spots very well. Um, and I think his long reach and his kind of explosiveness in straight lines allow him to make up for a less than ideal four-way skating. Um, and so he can still close down gaps because of his reach and his explosiveness. I think he's got a very good first pass uh, on breakout, and he's got above average passing and vision. It's not the calling card uh, of his game, um, but he's definitely still a project, um, and he's not someone I project to be overly productive in the NHL from an offensive perspective. But I think he's very responsible with the puck. He's six seven, um, and you put him in the in the lab with a skating coach, and I think he's gonna be a really really good player. And you know. I say I don't think he's going to be super productive. I mean, he 10 points in 36 games in the KHL is not bad, even if um, there are questions about how competitive the KHL is nowadays compared to what it was a couple of years ago. Um, but I, I just like him a lot. Really projectable traits. Um, and I think he's going to be an NHLer for a long time. Okay. I have no other thoughts, to be honest. I just saw his size and I'd be like, and I'm like, yeah, GMs are going to love that. <laughs> yeah. I yeah I think um I'll say what Shay said about Hellanius is that there's always kind of that guy that just can't really transition in the NHL. If there's any player that's a high risk high reward, it's this guy in this draft. I mean I first heard about it when Bob McKenzie had him and it's like I think he had him like sixth or seventh or something like that. He had like five points in his first five games. I will say this with Siliev is that I don't I can't recall a defenseman at his age that has played as many minutes that he has in the KHL and that's a yeah. very tough league. 
Um, it's widely regarded as the best league outside of the NHL, um, even if it isn't competitive as much as it was or whatever it is. It's still a damn good league. Yeah. Um, and at six foot seven, I mean, we'll see with him. Um, he was kind of, he just kind of popped out of nowhere this year. I feel like so <laughs> yeah. there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of scouting involved, but uh, I'm sure one team will like him. One up, maybe we'll go off the board. We'll see. I mean, that that six foot seven is gonna be the uh, I think the factor here. Maybe Arizona Montreal is it. definitely taking him. Maybe Arizona will take him. They like those big Russians. I mean, ah, uh, that's fair. It's working on Finishev, so yeah. And Daniel Boo's been pretty good as well. He's pretty good as well. Yeah. Not bad. I don't know, man. Boo at, what, 12 or 11, whatever it was? That's still been it. I don't know. He's been producing in the KHL this year. Um, he's playing for, what, Locomotive? So yeah, he's been... yeah, yeah, he's been okay. He's been okay. That uh, thing next, was off the board. Next up, it's uh, the younger Yerichek brother, Adam Yerichek. And from what I've read, because I, I haven't watched footage of Adam Yerichek, um, it seems like he's the most one of the more raw defensemen in the league, or in this draft story. Um, I know he has good skating, and he is a pretty good puck-moving defenseman, but I feel like this is a case where it's a team with pick 11, 12, or 13, and you're like, okay, do we take a chance on this guy? And if he can break out, I think he'll be a great defenseman. But, you know, I'm going to go with a similar player here in Philip Broberg. What Broberg was touted for oh, entering the draft was his amazing skating. But there was questions about his hockey IQ and like Yerchek, he was he was pretty he was a raw prospect and no one knew what he would become. I'm getting similar vibes here with Adam Yerchek. Like I said, he's a great skater. Everything else we don't know yet. And I I think a team will take a risk, take a bet on him, but he he probably shouldn't even be in a top six team though. I'm not gonna lie, but I do think a team takes a chance on him. Yeah, I mean he's just in here because his brother is playing pretty well for Columbus right now and was a guy that was very highly touted and he's a good he's a great skater. My big like, and so really, put me putting him at fourteenth is a lot of projection of what I think he could be when the rest of his game rounds out. Um, but he is pretty small for his size. He got lit up by um a suicide oh, pass that. a yeah. couple a couple of days ago, and it did not look good. And so this is not a guy that you can stick in the NHL in the next. Four years, probably. I think. But also, what are you doing as a thirty-year-old hitting a teenager like that, bro? Like, have some courtesy. Like, I, mean, yeah. I know it's like, I know it's hockey. It's a rough game, but like. It was rough. That was a tough <laughs> oh hit he took. God, yeah, yeah. That was bad. He's, you know, he's a guy who's got to put on a lot of mass. I think his hockey IQ is going to need some growth. Um, I, I, but his skating, his puck retrievals, I think, are positives. Um, but. You know, he's just he's just a guy that I think if he works everything out, he puts on some mass, that he's going to be one of the better defensemen in this deep class. He just has to – he has all the tools is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Um, he just has to put it together, as Shay mentioned. Yeah, he's, he's extremely rough. If, if he goes in the first round, it's going to take some time for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at his numbers. He hasn't produced particularly well when you look at – I also don't know how much he's playing. So, like, some of those men's league teams sometimes just, like, don't play their young guys in the men's league. It's like, why even – why why, why bring him up in the first place? But um, he plays kind of similar to his brother. Um, 
and we all we obviously know how good David Yerichek is, but I think with Adam, he's a lot more raw, and he probably got brought up in the men's league a little too early. In yeah. He should probably be playing junior hockey right now to kind of, you know, I think that'll help his development a little bit better, but we'll have to wait and see with him. I don't have him ranked at all, because honestly, I don't have the greatest read on him either. Um, he's just a very up-and-down player for me, but um, yeah, that's basically what I have to say about, about Adam. For sure. Uh, Luke... Uh, not Luke. I'm an idiot. Liam. <laughs> uh, Nick, you have one name, right? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm gonna be able to. Uh, Nick, you have a nine. How come? Um, well, I think he leads draft eligibles in the OHL, possibly CHL, in scoring right now. And also on a Windsor Spitfires team, that is bad. They are bad, man. They let in so many goals. Um, but Green Tree's one of the brighter spots. He's producing on a team that's not well. Yeah, I'm at San Jose. They're not a very good team. I don't mean, you know, them. Hey, they but, beat Edmonton. Uh, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Thankful, thank God, they didn't beat my Penguins. Jesus Christ! But anyways, <laughs> um, he's a player that produces really well. He's a really smart player, um, really quick on his feet. Um, I think teams are going to value that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, just just his overall production for how bad the Windsor Spit players are. And I'm just saying that because I'm a Knights fan. They're they're actually terrible. They're not good at all. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, I think he'll be a really good one of those better offensive players stepping into the league. You see those players that are just kind of like kind of like a dad knob where he's just like sneaky good and just somehow puts up points like when he was in his prime and stuff. Um, I think Green Tree could be kind of the same type of player, really good finisher, really good playmaker, great at the power play. Um, and I think as Windsor sells off assets because they're so terrible, um, Green Tree will just step up, get more ice time, and perhaps produce more. So he's got good size too. He's almost 200 pounds, six foot two. Um, yeah, I just think he's uh one of those one of those scorers that kind of pops up. I don't I don't want to say randomly. He was really good last year with Windsor as well. I think he put up like twenty something goals. But um, in terms of production, I mean, you need you need goals to win games, and Green Tree will bring you that. So yeah, I mean, he's just he's just been producing on a really bad team, and um, he doesn't have a ton to work with, and he's making it work. And I think you know NHL projectable size. Right. That's always a thing. And so, you know, I'm always a bit wary on guys who have kind of breakout seasons, their draft year. Um, and so that's why I don't have him necessarily as high. I, I think he's one of the more middling players in, in the sense of I don't project a whole lot of room for growth. Um, but he's a very safe pick. I think he's going to be a productive NHLer um, for, for, for a long time. And so definitely end of the lottery, mid-first round for me. But very good player. Um, very productive. And he's definitely jumped up my board. Before this season, he was, let me tell you, he was nowhere near the top he was 30. Like top 20, I think, at the start of the year. So I don't know, I know about him, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, to be fair, you always had a better read on the OHL guys. Uh, yeah, I guess. Outside, outside of Kitchener. <laughs> the Kitchener's he's like also, my one team. He's also uh, wearing uh, the Legends number there, Josh Hosang. Uh, Windsor's been <laughs> a legend there. All right. Next, this is a bit off. We have three players oh, dear. in pick 13. So uh, we'll start with Ryan's pick. Then we can go to mine and go to Nick's. So yeah, I mean, um, Ziv, you know, we talked about Levshunov and his productivity in the NCAA. I mean, Ziv, I mean, the, the stats speak for themselves. 15 games, four goals, 15 assists, more than point per game. Um, in, in, in college, he's been super productive. 
Um, his size is, you know, he's not like Lefunov or these other guys that are like 6'2", 200. Um, but that's also why I don't have him in the top five, right? Um, but I think he's a guy who's got very good skating, very good offensive instincts. Um, and he's just... He's just got he's very he's five eleven, but he he plays a little bit bigger than that. Um, and he's been very productive for Denver this year. And I think this is a guy who's gonna jump up a lot of draft boards, um, over the the next couple of months as we head into draft season. Um, especially if he keeps playing like this. All right, I got TJ Ginla. I mean, we you know, ah. <sighs> I really want TJ Ginla on the Oilers, right? Listen, I need to piss off the Flames fans. <laughs> all right, you know what? Your role should have been an Oiler in the first place, all right? He's from fucking Edmonton, all right? You know what? That's not really how that works, Shay. That's how it should work. That's how it should work. <laughs> no. TJ, I mean, a lethal goal scorer. He has 20 goals in 27 games um, for the Kelowna Rockets. And I honestly do think, just because of his, la- his last name is a Ginla, he might go higher than some people expect. Ryan has him at three. I think that's a bit too low, um, considering the his productive season he the season he's had so far. I honestly think like he's a year away from being NHL ready. I think he'll need one more extra year seasoning with Kelowna, but I think this is a guy that could probably adjust the NHL level pretty well. Um, great offensive instincts. Um, whatever team gets him, they're gonna be they're gonna get a damn good player here. I mean, 20 goals in 27 games isn't bad either. And Kelowna's not a very good team either, I don't think, from what I remember. So, one of those bright spots in that teams that can produce. It's always nice to kind of have. Yeah. Um, for me, I have Zine Parekh at 10th uh, in, in my rankings. Um, I think when you look – I think before the season, it was kind of tough to get a read on Parekh to see what he was all about. Um, most goals by a 16-year-old defenseman in the league's history is very notable. Um, and obviously he's producing at a very high rate. He's going to be playing Memorial Cup with Saginaw this year. They host it this year, um, playing on a very loaded team now. They picked up some names already in the OHL, guys like Hunter Height, um, guys like uh, – oh, he's from Windsor. I can never pronounce his name, so I'm not even going to try. But um, he's playing with guys like Michael Misa and Sapovalov and guys that have already been drafted. Um, and he's their top defenseman, um, very dynamic in the offensive zone, power play specialist. Moves around extremely well, um, and yeah, you're looking for like like a smaller puck moving defenseman. I say smaller; he's already six foot. He's definitely grown a lot since since he was drafted. He was a, just a little guy when he just came into the league. So, um, but yeah, in terms of the in terms of the puck moving defenseman, he's my favorite one in this draft. I think he's just as mobile and how offensively creative he can be, and uh, he's going to produce a lot. I think moving forward in the playoffs and the Memorial Cup and down the stretch this year. Um, so it's, he, he's a player that can go as high as 10th and he's a player that can probably go as low as the 20th. It's just kind yeah. Of, I mean, he's my Kevin Korchinski. Yeah, exactly. He's my Kevin Korchinski. Look at what Korchinski is doing for the Blackhawks now. He's been really good for them lately. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on to 14. This is my guy. Vaseline. Nick, Nick knows this. Vaseline. Jay knows this. Vicenin, that this is my boy. All right. Great two-way skater, very good instincts, 
incredible hockey IQ. I think that's something that a lot of teams value. For example, that's something that Toronto values a lot. Um, I know from their draft strategy, they love high 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 IQ guys who can read the ice well, who can make reads both offensively and defensively. I think he's got an underrated first pass. Um, he's holding his own in a men's league, in, in Liga with, with Cuckoo. Um, he's got... I think he's got a lot of untapped offensive upside, and I, I could, I can see him having a Topi Niemela type D plus one year where the offense just comes together and he explodes. Um, uh, he's gonna. I'm hoping. I don't know if he's gonna make the finish team, but I think he probably will. Uh, I think he's played more than Kiwi Haru has this year, for example. And so I think he's a guy that will have minutes. I think a lot of people will be able to see him at the World Juniors. He's not going to blow you away, but, you know, he's one of these guys that, uh, like I had with Topi Niemela and Calio Delius in previous years, I just really love their hockey sense and how responsible they are with the puck. Um, and the fact that he can play in a men's league is a bonus for me. So, you know, every draft year, I have one of these guys. And uh, this year, it's him. Okay. I don't know what else to add. I don't know much yeah, about Yeah, he pretty him. much, I, I've known about him. He pretty much nailed every, everything there, so. Uh, next, this is one of my favorite guys. Uh, keep an eye on him, because I do think that he could potentially end up higher on the draft board when we do this in a few months again. Uh, Nikita Artemonov, the first name I probably pronounced right this entire video, besides Maxim Celebrini and Cole Eiserman. Um, Artemonov is just a just a skilled player, man. He's wickedly skilled. He he's not a very physical player, but um, very very hard on the forecheck. Um, kind of like Puyarvi, where you know Puyarvi's not a physical guy at all, but he's a dang good forechecker. That's kind of like the similar type of game Artemonov brings. Great, great passer, um, a great shot, um, very, very fast, um, fast player as well playing the KHL. He, I feel like he reminds me a bit of Daniel Yurov, and honestly, I don't know how Yurov felt like pick 21 or whatever back a few years ago, that still kind of shocks me, but. Uh, no, keep an eye out on Artemonov. I feel like he's going to go way higher than he should. 14 points in 27 games for Torpedo. Um, can't say those other two names. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> um, but no, watch out for this guy. This guy's freaking awesome. No, definitely like him a lot. Um, he's, uh, he's a guy that I was really struggling with on whether or not I should put him in the 15 or 16 spot. Um, you can see I had him 17th. It's just... You know, the stats look great. I just haven't really admittedly watched him much. Um, usually when I, when I watch the, their, their games, I'm focused on the big 6-7 dude on the back end. Um, so I have really no clue on how he's playing. Um, but his numbers look great in the men's league. So And the second best league in the world. So he's got that going for him. All right. 16, Michael Hage. Um Ryan has him 29th. Why do you have him 29th, Ryan? Why I'm 29th? I, he's playing in the USHL, and he's putting up good numbers. Um, nothing really screams super – nothing, there's nothing about him that screams special to me. Um, I there's, think he's like a safe pick to me. Yeah, I think he's like a right? very safe pick. 
Exactly, and so as and you know, kind of like and, and admittedly, VT Vison then is a guy who's I I also view as a safe pick. I just think Vison has an offensive upside, and that's what kind of projects him higher than a guy like Hage for me because I think you can find other Michael Hages in, in a draft class like this. Uh, he's still very good, and honestly, in this draft class, anyone from twenty to thirty-five or forty could go interchangeably. To be honest. Um, he's a really good player, so um, I don't want my 29th ranking to seem like I don't like him. I just think he's a very safe, solid player. Yeah. I think Hank was a player that was injured for the most part of last year, if not all yeah. of last year. So um, I think he's just kind of scraping the surface once he kind of warms up. I mean, he's playing for the Chicago Steel, which is like the best team in the USHL for developing True. prospects. Noah Moldenhauer, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but once, like I said, once he gets warmed up um, – I think eventually you'll see him start to score more and get a little bit more comfortable. Um, I definitely think he's one of the stronger two-way players when I, in this draft. I think his defensive game is really, really good. Um, but yeah, you know he's coming back from injury. It's gonna take him. It's gonna take some him some time to get back up to speed. But you know, like we said, he's he's a safe pick. Um, he can probably go anywhere from like fifteen to like forty, if like Ryan said. Like this draft is so. It's so deep. Stacked. It's just it's just hard to predict where everyone's gonna go. Yeah, he's a great player. He is a he got charged by Kitchener. He didn't go there though. Ah, uh, my he hey, maybe maybe I like him more if he went to Kitchener. Yeah, That's maybe. all I'm gonna say. I mean, Kitchener's doing pretty damn well right now, so I mean, they should hey. be fine without him. All right, all right, seventeen. We got three players here. Uh, let's start with Nygaard. You can go take the Nygaard. Yeah, I mean, Nygaard's playing in the, the Sweden second league. He's not getting much ice time, um, which, again, don't know why you're going to bring guys into a men's league if you're not going to play him, as Nick mentioned. But he's got an nhl size body. He's got traits. And everyone seems to be projecting this guy in the 12, in like the in 8 to 13 range. Um, you know, I just put him in here because of the name value. I haven't watched him much. So, uh, he's a, I'm sure he's going to be a good middle six guy, probably. Um, yes, and it'll be interesting like a... to see him at the World Championships because he does, he's not going to have a very good team around him. Um, so, really, the judge is going to be how he dictates play at the tournament. His, his name sounds like a brand of eggs from like, the grocery store. <laughs> um, Aaron Kibiharu. I think we can all talk about Kibiharu because we all, we're all familiar with Kibiharu. To me, yeah. this is the Aturatu of the draft. I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of injury issues for TBRU. Not having the best draft year season so far. Um, I I think if you're in the late first round, early second round, that's where he... Uh, I think that's a good pick right there. But it's really risky within the top 15. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended like Timothy Lilligren. Remember, Timothy Lilligren yeah. was supposed to be like, what, a top three pick in 2017? Oh, he was unreal. And, then he, and then he got mono, yeah. Yeah, so like, it reminds me of that situation. I still think Kibihari would be a very, very good top four defenseman when he enters the uh, NHL. He's not, I don't, I don't know about Elite like he was supposed to be a few years ago. Like, he was supposed to be the first overall pick, no? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Overhyped. yeah, yeah. That was overhyped, though, to be fair. But, um, no, just, I have no idea where he goes. And this is the wild card of the draft. Yeah, he's the most polarizing player, I think. I mean, in terms of his talent and his skill level, he's up there with Demidov in this draft in terms of, like, on defense, yeah. in terms of having that skill set. Um, 
the seven games he's played, I watched a couple of his games, and kind of the same thing I said about uh, Levchinov. He's got those little head fakes, those little moves that he does to kind of throw defenders off. He's really good at that. He's really good at uh, you know his scoring mobility is very good. But he's five foot nine, hundred sixty-five pounds as well. He's not very physically filled out at all. But uh, I mean, like you said, he could be like he's basically the Atsurati this draft. When you look at defensemen of his stature, I mean, who knows? Look at Lane Hudson right now, for example. He was a about that size when he was drafted. He's now six feet tall and thriving right now in the NCAA. Um, you look at a guy like Quinn Hughes. He was very small when he was drafted. And look at him. He's thriving right now for the Canucks. So it's a very, very high-risk high reward. He's the most polarizing player for me in this draft. Um, we'll have to see where he goes. I mean, I'm still a believer in Kivaharyu. Um, I'm just not sure if he's really first-round quality right now uh, until he gets back. He's had a lot of injury problems, as you said. So... Yeah, I mean, great hockey sense offensively it combines his IQ with that skill and elusiveness that Nick talked about. He's got NHL power play one, like written all over him. He's a guy you can stick on that power play one. He, he's elusive. He's 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 like 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 Nick mentioned with Quinn Hughes and and, uh, and and Hudson. Like that that's who he is, right? But he's on the smaller size side um he's not really filled out and there are some consistency questions especially with his development being impacted by injuries um uh if we're gonna be able to see him really blossom into that offensive dynamo i still have him as a first like later first round talent but um he's the guy that's gonna gonna have to find his game and consistency yeah 100 percent I guess I can talk about Celine Wolanius because I'm the only one that has him ranked. Um, the thing with Celine Wolanius is there isn't really a defenseman that's producing at the same rate as him in that league. Um, Swedish Junior 20 League, so basically the, uh, the, the, the junior league in Sweden there. Yeah. Um, already at a point per game pace, very mobile. Um, there's a player that he reminds me of from last year's draft, but I can't think of the name. Um, very mobile, very good 2AD man. Um, Really good vision as well. I mean, he's got the 20 assists there as well. Um, I think by the time it's all said and done, this is a, a, a very productive defenseman. I think he'll take a little bit to sort of fill out and, and, and grow into uh, a, a consistent NHL player. But the um, the intangibles are there for sure with him. And uh, I, I see that when I watch him play. Um, just a very, like I said, very mobile defenseman there. So It's not ASP you're thinking of, right? Different guy? Possibly, I don't remember. There's a Swedish guy in there. <laughs> All right, let us know if you think of him later on. <laughs> All right, uh, now 18, 19, and 20. Theo Lindstein, that's who I'm thinking of, sorry. Oh, that's who it is, yes. I was high on him yeah. too. Yeah, me too. All right, uh, number 18, Henry Muse. Nick, this is your guy. Yeah, this is my guy. Um, I'm surprised more people haven't mentioned his name. And when you think of uh, uh, puck moving defenseman, he he's one of the one of the premier guys. Um, his skating is already at an elite level. He is slick. Um, he's explosive. Um, finds areas very quickly. Um, and he's playing on an Ottawa team that's really good as well. But I think even when you go back to last year, I think he put up like 34 points in 50-ish games or so. So he's a guy that's always been able to produce. And, um, you know, the, the, the size is there as well already at six feet. Um, so 
I think in terms of uh, I mean if he, he played Sui game really well as well. He's kind of like a poor man's Brent Clark out there in my eyes. Um, just really talented, really skilled, um, really good offensively there as well, and he has been since last season. So just kind of carrying forward and consistency is one of those things you want to see, you know, especially in a league like the OHL. You kind of want to see players consistently growing and consistently putting up the same points. And Muse is a very safe player in that aspect. So I like him a lot. I think he'll be one of the uh, one of the uh, one of the premier offensive defensemen to come out of this draft. Yeah, I mean, I like him a lot too. Um, honestly, he's only 24th for me because I funneled a lot of the forwards. Because you'll notice that in my top 16, I had a lot of defensemen going. And I think um, finding quality forwards is going to be a little bit more difficult this year um, than finding uh, a really good defenseman like Henry Muse. And so he's a guy that's fallen a little bit for me because I think there's going to be a lot of teams in those lower 20s that are thinking, hey, we can take a forward here, and then we can come back and get a defenseman that we really like in the, in the, in the second round. But he, Nick's hit on everything. He's just, he is a really good player and definitely a first-round talent. Yeah, I have nothing really to add either. Um, next, 19th, we got Trevor Connolly, another Nick pick. Yeah, he's really skilled, man. Um, I think... He almost made the, uh, the the U18 team as well. I think he should have been on that team. Uh, in terms of his skill sets, his ability to put up points, his playmaking ability, his vision, um, I think he's uh, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a guy like Gabe Perot from last year um, in terms of maybe the production, not as much, but um, in terms of his just overall skill set and his skating ability, um, he's definitely up there with some of the best in that league. Um, so he's, I think he's more of a safer pick. I think he's going to go to college for – in a couple of years, a few years, and he probably thrived there. Um, he's a really good player, but um, like I said, could have been on that U18 team. I still think he should have been, but it is what it is. I mean, in hindsight, he's playing really well for Tri-City right now. So, um, yeah, he's one of my guys. I like him a lot. Yeah, uh, nothing to add. You know, he's another one of those forwards that I like. Um, but I just haven't watched a whole lot of, and his numbers look really good. Um, so yeah. admittedly, should you know, I'm gonna trust Nick with this one. He's the guy who brought us our Easton Cowan pick last year, <laughs> and so yeah, more often than not, when Nick tells me there's a four that he likes, uh, I'm gonna believe him. Carson Raykoff as well. Don't want to uh, swipe my shoulder too much, but uh... hey, hey, I'm just gonna say I had Carson Raykoff as a first too. I was so happy when you took him at Carolina because I was like, I don't want. I don't want to have to be the one to take him. He's, I love my Kitchener guys. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so so Rickoff and Brustevich are my guys. And I don't uh, know who this guy is, so I have no idea. <laughs> um, Hemming I had in the top 10 at the start of the year. Um, really good two-way guy. Um, playing in the men's league, obviously, there as well. Um, his shot's really good. He's put up five goals, which doesn't seem like a lot, but, I mean – when you compare that to his assists and, and everything else, um, he always produced points in the Finnish junior leagues as well. Um, so another one of those consistent players um, that can really grow, I think, and, and a really good two-way player. Uh, very good defensively, very good offensively as well there. So good size as well, 6'2", almost 200 pounds there. So he's just going to get bigger. Um, and just one of those safer picks, I think, in my eyes. Yeah, he's another guy. That... And say, uh, Ryan was shit-talking Marchand before the podcast, and now he has a hat-trick tonight. Oh well, he, I mean, I started him in fantasy, so uh, I couldn't. Well, I hope. Ah, uh, shit! I hope you left him on the bench. Uh, no, because I only had three people starting this this tonight. Because oh, no oh, games. There you go. You 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 reverse jinxed him. Oh uh, well, you know what? I hope he scores a lot of goals and Boston loses a lot of games. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I have pasta too, so as long as those two do well and then Boston does 
trash as a team, I'm okay. You don't care, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I think Hemming is another guy that I'm going to have a huge eye on during the World Juniors. I think he's going to play a very big role on a, on a weaker-than-usual Finnish team. I think he's going to feature a lot on the power play with his shot. Um, and we're going to see him on the PK too. And so I think a lot of how he does at that tournament is going to impact how a lot of mock drafters like us have him going. Um, because, you know, you're not his, his ice time and his play in, in his, in his uh, home league is not aspiring, but he's got all the traits. He's got the size. He's got the defensive IQ. Um, and I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, that's why I have him 20th. All right, so uh, this is our final draft boards. If everyone just wants to take a quick look at it, this is definitely going to change in the next few months. I wonder, I wonder how much it'll change. I'm excited to see um, what guys move up, what guys move down. If there's any new names that we haven't mentioned yet that maybe get on the board, it's going to be interesting to see. And uh, here's some extra guys that might get on the board. We're not going to go in into these guys no definitely not um yeah any closing thoughts guys uh you know thank you guys for uh for watching the video uh if you're still here up to this point um uh you know keep on lookout for mock draft 2.0 in probably another month or two months um it'll be really interesting to see how the prospects develop um and how who goes up and down um i really like sasha boysvert um, I don't know how to say his name either. Um, Boisvert. Bo- Boisvert. Boisvert. My fault. My fault. My, my recordings don't have audio, so I just yeah. I, I just circle the number and I watch. <laughs> but, uh, great player. Um, and, yeah, thank you guys for watching. And um, here's to another year of the TundraCast. Cast. <laughs>